Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I believe that God brought you here today on purpose because you have a purpose. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. A few weeks ago, I had Trudy Kathy White, who's the daughter of the Chick-fil-A founders on the show. And today I have Ann Byler. She's the founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels. I promise I'm not obsessed with food. Okay, maybe I am a little bit, but in all seriousness, these two ladies are mighty women of God who are doing such great work that I wanted you all to hear their stories. Ann began twisting pretzels in 1987 and grew a single farmer's market stand to Auntie Anne's, which is the world's largest hand-rolled soft pretzel franchise. Her professional success, however, was forged after years of darkness, depression, and despair brought on by the death of her 19-month-old daughter. Anne's personal story and business insights have been featured on many television shows, including Secret Millionaire, The Oprah Winfrey Show, and Good Morning America. She's been highlighted in numerous publications, one of which is Fortune Magazine. In 2005, Anne sold Auntie Anne's and authored the business memoir, Twist of Faith. Today, Anne speaks to audiences around the world, inspiring people with her authentic stories and life experiences. Her mission is to help women overcome the pain, blame, and shame of their past by sharing their stories. Not only are you guys going to love Anne, but you're going to be inspired by her story of overcoming trauma and using that pain for purpose. So let's jump into the conversation that we had together. Well, hey, everybody. I am sitting here with Anne of Auntie Anne's Pretzels. And Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rachel. It's a joy to be with you today. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into all we're going to talk about today, I have to just tell you that growing up, I lived in a very small town up in Oklahoma. And once, about once a month, we'd go into a larger city and go to the mall and everything. And our thing to do was to get an Auntie Anne's pretzel. That was like our big treat, (laughs) (laughs) big deal. And, um, and so I have, I have grown up being a fan of yours without, you know, knowing you as a person. And so whenever I saw your book come through, I was like, oh my goodness, now I get to even hear even more of your story. And just this last weekend, my daughter turned 13 and we went to the mall and had some of her friends with us. And so we walked by (laughs) Annie Ann's pretzels and and they all were like, oh, can we get one? I was like, sure. And I said, hey, I'm actually interviewing Auntie Ann on my podcast next week. And they were all like, wait, what? You're like freaking out and everything. So I just I had to to share that little little But fun thing oh, that's with you. so fun. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So one fun thing I do like to do before we start these conversations is in the beginning of the show, I always read your professional bio, but then when we hop on here live, I like to say, hey, what's maybe one thing about you we wouldn't read in your professional bio? Oh, my. Well, you know, my I've, I've written two books now, so most everything is in the book. So you have to read books to know it all. But the bio, well... I don't know. What I love to do is ride motorcycle. And I haven't done as much in the last five years that I did as I did the 30 years prior to that. But that is my greatest love of my life. Other than my family and Jesus and all the other things, I love my husband. I love getting on the motorcycles and driving for miles. We've done many, many long, week-long, five-week-long trips on our Harley Davidson. So I don't think that's in my bio. So there you go. Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, (laughs) 
That's so fun. So can you tell us, actually, you just mentioned you've written two books. What are the names of those books, just so the listeners know? The first book I wrote is called Twist of Faith, and that's been out for 10 years already. It's my memoir, and it's all about my life, everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The book that I just published a few two months ago is The Secret Lies Within, and it's a book about overcoming trauma and helps women understand what sexual abuse is, how to look for it, what to, how to know what it is, and also how to overcome the trauma of it. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity that God gave me to actually live long enough to write this book, The Secret Lies Within. Yeah. And that's actually what we're going to focus on today. But before we jump into that, do you want to just briefly share anything about, again, you know, for those of you listening, if you haven't got to read her story, definitely grab Twists of Faith as well. But is there anything you want to kind of share just on how Annie Ann's got started in the first place? Yes, I'll try to keep this very short. Jonas and I, which all of this is in my uh, in both my books about our struggles in life and the pain, blame, and shame that I experienced in life. Uh, growing up on an Amish farm, there was eight of us kids. Mom and dad cared for us, loved us, uh, taught us about God. They taught us to work hard. They taught us how to play together, to be team players. And I think I, coming away from that culture uh, as a young bride, my theology at that time was that life is good. And God is harsh, mm. uh, meaning that if I if I please God, please my parents, then then uh, then He will be pleased with me, and life is good, and God will bless me. If I uh, do something really bad, or you know, I don't know that that would be any kind of a terrible sin, <laughs> then uh, God would be displeased with me. But what what I know today, Rachel, is that life is hard. And God is good. Mm. And I am not confused about that anymore. Mm. It's really a solid foundation to be on as a believer in Christ is to understand that very powerful principle that life is hard and God is good. No matter what happens to us, he is good. And I love to know that because when uh, we experienced the tragedy then of our 19-month-old daughter being killed instantly on our farm, and after that, then the abuse of uh, five months into that, the abuse of my pastor for six, seven long years of just total darkness for me, I, I was confused. I really thought that that life should be good because I was a good girl. And since I found myself with the death of my daughter and the abuse, I, I just did not know what to do with that. And I was so spiritually confused that I stayed in a very, very dark place. And that's why I wrote the book. And the other thing, out of all of that pain, we, my husband, after I came out of my secret life, he then began to study psychology with Dr. Richard Dobbins out of Emergent Ministries in Ohio. And uh, it was through that that he began to do marriage counseling for other couples and other families that were struggling with maybe similar issues, but uh, we all struggle with life and marriage. And, and so he went into marriage counseling on a layman's level. And out of that, he was doing it as a free service. And out of that, I, find, I said to him one day, I think I need to go to work so that I can support you. He's my hero. He's the one that saved me and helped our family get back together. My husband, we're married 51 years now, which is just uh, miraculous. But I was so grateful for him. And so I went to work at a little farmer's market in downtown. I had no big plans. I just wanted to support him. And Auntie Anne's pretzels was born, and I'm, I'm just so grateful. Oh, my goodness. So out of our pain, out of our pain, our purpose truly was born. When I say that, it's what I mean. It's, it's what it is. Yeah. 
you have no idea how giddy with excitement I am over here because I, anybody who's listened to this show very long knows how much I just love, well, real talk. And it's that, you know, somebody like you from the outside looking in, people who don't know your backstory would just be like, wow, she's so successful, you know, and you are obviously. But to hear that you have gone through stuff just like the rest of us have like you have you know you mm-hmm. have things you've had to overcome and how the lord used i love how you, you even have this and you know, on your tagline of your book how he uses that there is purpose in that pain and so just seeing all the all the beauty that has been born out of it because like you said god is good god doesn't bring those bad times or those horrible horrifying circumstances absolutely. but he absolutely can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good which is exactly what he's done with absolutely you. So that is so, so encouraging. Yeah. 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 And so, Rachel, my greatest success, I've said this many times, is not Auntie Anne's the business, but it's Auntie Anne the person. Mm. I, I appreciate the success of Auntie Anne's and what God did there was unbelievable, completely redemptive in every way of our lives, a complete surprise. And it's interesting to me that God gave me a pretzel, a little simple pretzel first. And then he gave me a platform mm. to tell my story for God's glory. And only God can create something like that, that that is that it's so I would never have thought about it on my own. So God is the great creator. So women listening, people listening to this podcast, you know, God is creative and he is the creator and he can create circumstances in your life that will blow your mind and take you into a place that you never imagined because that's what he does. He's the redeemer. Yes. I love how you said a simple pretzel turned into a platform for for you to just share. I mean, that is just so cool. And I, I feel the same way about any area of my life that it's so neat whenever you see how there's no way you could have done all this on your own. You know, it's like no, totally no, the hand of no, the Lord no. in there. That's just fun. That's just, that's right. Yeah. That, that's, no, the part of, that's the part of God when people think that God is some boring, mean God sitting up in the sky. I'm like, oh. really? <laughs> Really? Have you have you le- read any of the stories? Have you listened to, you know, yours is one of them. Like, no, he's super cool. He's super creative. So that's fun. <laughs> and it, yeah, and I, I feel like we haven't really, we haven't served him well. We haven't told the stories well enough. People don't know who this God is that we're talking about because maybe because we haven't shown them the real God, the, the, the God who loves and cares and redeems and is creative. And there's something about all of that that we have to get better at. And that's why I really want to share my stories people see him yeah for who he really is yeah it's the enemy that steals and kills and destroys if we're going to blame anyone let let's blame the enemy of our soul not god it's not his fault that's so good i know in the beginning you said this but and i didn't highlight it but you just reminded me that you your theology switched from life is good that and god is harsh to life is hard but god is good and i love that you said that because i know that's a big thing that actually turns a lot of people away from god and away from the christian culture is being brought up in this mindset that like he said, that God's just up there ready to yes. get us. Like, you know, I remember as a kid, I went, I went down to the altar like every Sunday because I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh you my know, <laughs> I'm like, I sinned again. I've lost it again. You know, he's yeah. mad at me. I got to get back into good graces with them. And... Isn't that, isn't, <laughs> wow, isn't that 
Uh, it's uh, same here. I, I grew up in that same. I grew up the Amish Mennonite, and then we went into a charismatic church. And and wow, I, yeah. But the grace of God and the freedom of God, the love of God, the power of God, and how much He loves us. Um, yeah, we miss the point very yes. often. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. All right. Well, just so you guys listening know, I haven't even asked her one of my questions yet. So we're gonna see how how, <laughs> how many questions we get through. We might just have to do a follow up interview. Okay. So here here's the question I do have. After all of these years of the different things you've gone through, what made you recently decide to release this most current book on on your releasing more about the story of your trauma and different things? Well, you know that I. I've lived a lifetime of, of, say, lifetime pain, blame, shame, and a mild to severe depression for about 25 years. And it was uh, it came about because, as I said, the death of our daughter, which I was confused about God, and I was asking God questions and didn't understand why. And so I was into this spiritual confusion and emotional pain. And then going to the pastor for answers and being sexually abused and living in a very dark uh, sexual life for abuse life for seven years, which was took me to the to the brink of hell. And many days I felt like I was in hell itself, just trying to get through. And what I what I know is that uh, when we experience those kind of things, we it, it takes us a while to get through this, to work out. When I began to, what really brought me out of that was to bring all of my deeds into the light. And, you know, the Bible says that if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then then we have fellowship one with another. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But it starts with if we walk in the light. And we were created to carry God's presence in our bodies. And what I know from my own experience that when we are so full of darkness and secrets and pain and blame and confusion and all these things, our bodies are filled with the worries and the cares and the pain of this life and the sins that we have committed and the sins, the things that have been done to us that have wronged us, that, that we feel bad. And then in turn, we then, we hurt people because we've been hurt, we begin to hurt. So we become responsible for how we hurt others. And so my, my body was not full of the presence of God. And coming out of that dark time in my life, it has taken me many years, Rachel. But what I know is that God is patient He's loving, he's forbearing, he's forgiving. And I got to the point where I really understood, truly understood the power of the James 5.16 model. James 5.16, if we confess our faults one to another, and the little caveat in between, and pray for each other, we do that very well. But the beginning of that verse became the powerful message to me. If I confess one to another, then it says we will be healed. And when I began my feeble attempt to confess, number one, to my husband about what was going on in my life after seven years, let me tell you, that was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. I wanted to stay on my knees. I wanted to keep journaling, but God said, get up off your knees and go tell, go confess. And so that process, Rachel, that brought me to the point years later to where I want to write this book so that I can inspire and encourage and help women understand we do not need to stay in life of secrets. And for women to understand, you may feel like your voice has been stolen, like you don't have a voice. And when you don't have a voice, you whine and we complain and we murmur and we're always saying, why is it always my fault? Why is life so hard? Why are my kids not being? We, we take all the, we just complain because we're defeated. We live a life of defeat in this place of pain and blame and shame. 
We don't even know we are defeated. But when I began to live this life of confession, and I now call it the ongoing lifestyle confession, it has brought me to a place, Rachel, where I want women to hear what I say, but I don't want them to feel like I'm judging or criticizing because, listen, I've been there. Mm -hmm. But there's a better way. There is a better way to live. If we can be strong, we can be courageous, and we can take the model of James 5.16, another verse I love in Proverbs 6.5, free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the snare of the fowler. When we're in these dark places, we cannot sit on our lazy boy, watch TV day after day, week after week, month after month, year after month, year after year, and cry out to God for help. He says, get up and go do something you've never done before. The most courageous thing that you will ever do is to be able to confess your faults to someone that you know that it matters, someone that's safe, someone that cares about you, someone that loves you. And you will experience over time such freedom, such joy. And today I cannot measure it. It's higher than I ever thought it would be. It's wider than I ever imagined the freedom that I have found in Christ. And in, not only in him, but in myself, the confidence and the light and the joy is more than I ever imagined. But Rachel, it would never have happened had I not gotten off my chair, off my knees and done the hard thing, the one to another confession. It's a little bit like Jesus said to the man by the pool of Bethesda. Do you want to be well? If you do, then get up. Do something you have never done before. Pick up your mat and walk towards something different than you've experienced before. And in the spirit, that's what I began to do that day. I began to walk towards something that I had no idea held the power and the key to my freedom. Woo! This is totally like holy ground right here. Wow. You just said so many things. But you know, one thing that really jumped out to me, I had a similar experience in my life where I had to confess. Well, we all have had moments where we've had to confess things. Yes. But (laughs) I hope we have. And if you haven't, it's coming for you because we're we're all sinners in need of a savior. And you know, like good word, good good word, Rachel. We we all got something we need to confess, right? Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big, but it's all, it's always there. That's right. You know, one thing I've learned recently is that if you can't talk about it, it owns you. And I think Mm -hmm. that, Mm. I think that that's one of the most powerful things I heard you just say here was the first step to your freedom was going to your husband and being like, hey, this is what's happening. You know, like you just you brought it into the light and that everything you just said just sums up my heart for the show. Even of we need to talk about this. You know, we need to yes. be, get real about what's actually happening in our lives and the, in the sins in our lives and, and having those safe places where you can go and just tell somebody this is what's happening. And so you don't have to go into details on today's show, because I know, you know, people can read the book on details of your story, but I am curious. So just to sum it up, let me make sure I'm understanding correctly. You lost your daughter when she was 19 19 months old, right? Yes, correct. Okay. And then you went to counseling with your pastor. And is that when the abuse began? That's correct. Okay. And that was almost seven years long. Okay. Ongoing. Yeah. And so what made you finally get to that point where you realized this isn't right? Mm. I should talk to somebody or, Mm. you know, what was that process like for you? Well, 
well, you know, secrets will kill us. Mm -hmm. Confession will free us. We know that. And, you know, if we cannot talk, if, if our voice has been stolen, taken from us, or we feel silenced, we actually feel almost spiritual. Like we learn to keep secrets and we feel in that secret, we almost feel like we're, we're strong. Like I can do this all by myself. So I tried to do that, Rachel, for almost seven years, all by myself. I thought it was the right thing to do. I felt like it was a spiritual thing to do because I didn't want to hurt anyone. And I didn't think anybody understood or anyone cared. But I feel like, um, so tell me, ask me the question again. I want to answer what you just said. Can you ask me that question again? I've got sidetracked. Yeah. Just asking how you got well, to that point where you realized, finally, I, I've yes. got to say something. You know, I've got to speak y- up. Yes. <laughs> Yes, finally. So my secrets were making me sick. Mm. And I weighed 92 pounds. My, I mean, my heart ached, my, my stomach was in knots, my, I had headaches, my back ached. My, I, I was falling apart from the inside out. As I was on my knees, God said to me very clearly, get up and go tell your husband. That's what made me do what I did. Mm. <laughs> I was sick of it. I mean, I knew all along, of course, I knew there was something. I mean, it was, I knew it was very wrong. But when you're in this abusive situation, you're threatened and you're manipulated and you're deceived and all these things where you, you know it's wrong, but you, you actually feel like there's no way out. But my pain, my anger, and during that time, I also learned at the very end of that, that, that he was abusing my two sisters at the same time. And we didn't know about it until the very end of this. And so that my anger rose up within me as well. So my anger served me well. And that's really what made me get up off my knees, go tell my husband that, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm losing everything right now. I'm losing it all. But I have nothing to lose if I just get up and off my knees and I, t- I begin my lifestyle confession. I didn't call it a lifestyle confession. It was just simply a hard, humiliating, harsh confession that I was going to make. And God said in, in James five sixteen, he never tells us that we need to know the outcome. It's simply a commandment. Mm. I feel like James 5, 16 is a commandment almost as strong as tithing or some of the other things that we look at as commands. He says, do this mm-hmm. and you'll be healed. So that was my reason. I just was falling apart from the inside out. I felt like I was losing it all anyway. I have nothing to lose. I have to free myself. And that's why I finally went to tell my husband. Wow. You said a powerful statement that you said your secrets were making you sick. And I think that's true for everybody. You know, they, that that sickness, that oh, sickness yeah. looks different, maybe is expressed different in different people, but absolutely. So then why do you think we hold on to secrets if they're making us sick? <laughs> oh, because we're afraid. We're fearful. Yeah. We, we really, we feel like nobody will understand us. We feel like nobody will listen to us. Like, mm. why would I tell? It's embarrassing. It's shameful. I don't want to talk about this. I'll get through this. Mm. I'll get through this. I mean, I'll, I'll deal with it on my own. You know, we'll pray for you. You know, we're, I was in the church. I was singing with my sisters in, in a trio. I, I was going to the church by the, with the same pastor that was abusing me for six, seven years. So I was living the Christian life outwardly inside. I was falling apart. It's, it's the deceit and the, the enemies. Uh, it's really the work of the enemy to, to make us believe that we must keep secrets. Mm. But God gave us a voice. And I want women to hear this. We have a voice. And that voice was given to us by God himself. Mm-hmm. It was meant for us to be able to communicate. I believe that confession is, is when we learn to confess and do these things in the life. It's truly the highest form of communication. 
when we begin to be authentic and real and as sisters in the body of Christ to be able to tell each other how we're doing. It's not that I went out to kill someone. I didn't mean to commit adultery. I didn't mean to be abused. I didn't mean to do all these things. But here we find ourselves in this place and we put on the cloak of shame and shame will never allow you to free yourself. But God and his Holy Spirit can come on in and give you the power and the strength and the courage to be real with your sisters and your the women that you know and begin to open up and be honest and transparent. You know what I believe about that, Rachel? When we begin to do that, there will be revival. Mm. There will be hunger and thirst after righteousness. There will be things that are done in the spirit. We will begin to live out our purpose for which we were created. Satan wants to keep us down just far enough so that we never reach our potential for Christ. If I would not have woken up that one morning and went and told Jonas, confess to him, my life would be very different today. But because of that one simple, hard confession, Jesus began the work of redemption in us, and Auntie Anne's was a part of that redemption. I would never have experienced Auntie Anne's if I would not have had the courage. You may say, wow, that's taken, that's, <laughs> I don't know about that, but let me tell you, I know about that. That's exactly what happened. And I know the power of confession will take you into a world that's far beyond what you ever imagined or dreamed. Be strong, be courageous. Fight against the fear that you're feeling right now. You're saying, I can't do this. I'm saying, yes, you can. In Jesus' name, you have the power of God. You have Holy Spirit power. And you have Father God on your side. The kingdom of God is within you. Do not be afraid. Hmm. Okay, those of you who are listening, I hope you recognize you just had a whole bunch of prophetic words spoken over you. So I hope you receive like the power that was just, you just totally broke some chains. I want you to know that, that I, I received that. And then I think the listeners are going to as well. You said a really powerful statement in there that confession is the highest form of communication. That is huge. Mm. That is huge. That one line right there alone will preach an entire message because can you imagine, (laughs) can you imagine if we all lived our lives this way, not just confessing the big things, you know, like what you're talking about here today, but what if I, what if all of us in our friendships were willing to say, Hey, whenever you spoke to me that way, that actually hurt my feelings. Can we talk about it? You know what I mean? Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The ongoing lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. I'm sorry for interrupting, but but that's but that that's so true. I'm so glad you said that because that's what I do today. That's how I live. I no longer confess the biggies. Yes, you know I don't have to do that anymore. But it's the little things that this ongoing lifestyle, Holy Spirit in me, lets me know by the feeling in my belly, the hurt in my heart. I know there's something going on that I have to bring out into the open. I got to tell you, I'm sorry I hurt you by what I said or. You know, the other day, just like you said, what you told me in church, you know, it hurt my feelings. I just, I, we want, can we talk about this? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's amazing the power in that. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's so You're good. You're onto something. 
<laughs> it's so good. It, it really is. And it would save a lot of relationships. It'd save a lot of heartache. Oh. It'd save just so much, you know, just across the board. Just can't even imagine. And then, like you said, once it's a lifestyle, if you're consistently confessing the little things, then when you do mm. get to the big things, that's not as big of a hurdle to jump, you know, because you're like, oh, absolutely. I do this all the time. It's no big problem. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and that's why, that's why I love to call it a new view of confession because yeah. the, the confession, when we hear that word, it feels hard and, oh, I don't want to, oh, I can't do that. But when you see it as a new view, the new view is really, for me, it's about freeing yourself. Yeah. And to become all that you can be. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. as we're talking here, you know, we didn't plan any of this part of the conversation. As we're talking, mm-hmm. the Lord's reminding me that one of the first things he tried to do with Adam and Eve was get them to confess. Oh. He's like, hey, what oh. are you guys doing? <laughs> What's up? And they're like, uh, nothing, <laughs> you know, like oh. just from the beginning, he's been trying to get us because he knows. And it's not because, like you said, back to the beginning, it's not because he's a mean, harsh God and he's ready to strike you down with no. lightning when you no. confess. It's because he knows the freedom that waits on the other side yes. of that confession. Yes. Like he's for us. He's for us. (laughs) It's not a mean thing. (laughs) No, no. And so we did start in the garden. I've often said he started in the garden. God said, you know, he walked in the garden with them. It said he would meet them in the cool evening. He said, hey guys, what did y'all do? Where, where, Where are you at? And what did you do? Like he doesn't know. But there was something about their voice. He gave he gave us a voice. And then at the end of the book, it says that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, by the work that was done on the cross. We cannot. It's been done. But then also by the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that I can share my story, my testimony, my story for God's glory. And let me tell you, Rachel, when you begin to tell your story, there is an overcomingness about that, that you can never go back. You just can't go back to the dark days and to the days of secrets and lies and deception. You you can't because the freedom you find in telling your story, sharing your testimony regularly, telling how good God is, then you will never forget what God's done for you. Yeah. Do you have any advice for, I'm glad you brought that up for anybody listening who feels like they have a story to share. Where do they start with that? Like, Mm -hmm. do you have any Mm -hmm. practical Uh, tips on that? I I think the the very practical thing is start a journal, Mm -hmm. begin writing. Yeah. You know, and uh, there, are, there are three types of co- confession that I discovered. The bedside prayers, we love. Jesus hears. He answers. We can bring all of our stuff to him. It's good. The second type is the journaling. Write down what you're feeling, not how you wish you'd feel or how you think you should feel or how you wish it was or how just the bare bones, exactly how you're feeling right now today. So journaling. And then the third step I discovered was the confession. But as far as wanting to write a book, you know, if you will keep a journal sharing your heart, your dreams, your journey, what's happened in your life, even the dates and the times and the settings, it's people say, oh, I'm not a writer. Let me tell you, I'm not a writer either. But I learned how to journal my my hard stuff, the deep stuff, the things that really hurt me. And then I was also able to write the victories when they happened. So if you're really serious about writing a book, begin to journal and, you know, allow God, give God time to get you to the actual book, but start somewhere with the journaling. It will surprise you how much is inside of you because it's all inside of us. It's all inside of us. Everything that's ever happened to us is inside of us. And if we can just wait on Holy Spirit, begin to write, be patient and wait for the words and wait for the things to come to our mind, to remember things. It's like a computer. If you, if you push the right button, it's all coming back. 
Yeah. So remember, just to begin to write a journal, look at his journaling. And one day when you begin to write your book, you can go back to your journal and see, uh, you know, how far you've come. And there you and there's your story. Yeah, that's so good. And I love I think you mentioned this verse earlier that, you know, we'll overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that was something, you know, I was even recently sharing with my daughters about the power of our testimonies and how people can argue with the Bible. Of course, they're going to until the end of the age. Right. But nobody can argue with your testimony, you know, with what you got set free from or, you know, how Mm -hmm. you overcame something like it's just that that's your story. (laughs) And, you know, that (laughs) nobody can argue with that. They can just only be inspired by it. So it's so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And people love happy endings, you know, and my story has a happy ending. I'm not there yet. You know, there's, there's life to live, but let me tell you, it's, it's a wonderful thing when you can share your story and really have a happy ending. And we know my husband and I together as a marriage, we have a happy ending. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So on another practical note, how do you, other than like, you know, talking to therapists and different things like that, how do you recommend somebody who mm. might be listening mm. that's gone through trauma and they're going, okay, what, what does this oh, healing yeah. really look mm. like? Wow. Well, what healing looks like, to, number one is time. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, be patient, be patient with yourself and God. You know, we want a quick fix. We want a quick prayer. We want someone to pray over us and all is well. Most of us know that prayer is our sustainer. It sustains us. It keeps us in in communication with God. It it gives us light. But for me, um, six years of praying and weeping and asking God to help me uh, was did not was not enough. That was a part of my journey. So continue to pray. But I feel like to to really find uh, healing is is about learning how to reach out learning how first of all just begin to say to someone uh i'm not okay can you help me so it's therapy for me it was a psychiatry for for me it was meds for a couple of years for me only three years ago rachel i ended up going to a trauma therapist trauma is a big deal most of us see our pain as just oh well that happened to me and i remember i hate it but trauma is very different. Trauma is something that will give you like PTSD, like you go back in time and you act like you did then. And at, at the age of, I'm, I've lived seven decades, only three years ago, discovered this, the trauma. And I went to a trauma therapist and in eight hours, I went through my whole life. It was unbelievable for me. And I'd gone through all of that therapy, but that was the final, what, how can I say that? was my final overcoming this. <laughs> I had no idea that I was traumatized until he explained to me what trauma was. I'm like, oh my goodness. So if women feel like they've been traumatized or they, yes, I would recommend a trauma therapist. I would, I would even recommend a Christian trauma therapist and really therapists and counselors, you know, I never go to someone unless they have been recommended by someone that's had actual experience and a good outcome. Because even there, sometimes we're scared to go to a therapist or a counselor. Like, I mean, we know the stories. Um, even there, you're not always safe. Don't let that deter you. I would go to someone that somebody would recommend to me. But if you feel like you've been traumatized, then I would say you need a trauma therapist. And they're, every, I mean, they're easy to find. 
but that's a big deal. Yeah. Wow. I love how practical that is. And you actually brought up a, a point. Um, so on my Instagram account, before I interview guests, I like to ask my listeners if they have any questions they want me to ask. And sometimes I get to them, sometimes I don't. But one lady asked a really great question that actually kind of is a follow-up to what you're just talking about. And she, she asked specifically, her question was, how can someone with past sexual trauma have normal sex life with their spouse again? Mm. Oh, okay. I just believe that God makes all things new. Mm. He makes all things new. That means that everything was always good. So he makes all things new. And I feel like that's a part of the redemption, but there's a lot of work involved in that. I feel like that takes, that takes time. It takes transparency. It takes talking about it with your spouse. It takes understanding that your needs and understanding your husband's needs. I would recommend a really, you know, maybe a really good book on that, on that topic to help you understand uh, what God created, what he meant, what, what's that all about? And to understand the value of, of that experience in a, in a marriage, uh, because that's another part of our, our, our lives that Satan wants to steal from us because God created it for great joy in, in a marriage. So I would recommend finding a really good book of uh, being very transparent and believing that God makes all things new, and again, being patient with the process. Mm -hmm. But it's true, it can work well again. I can say that from my own experience. I love that you said be patient with the process because I even think about, you know, how you said just three years ago, you did the trauma therapy. And, you know, I honestly am a very big believer, especially when we're being led by the Holy Spirit, that God yes. takes us each step the way when we're ready for that step. You know, you may not have yes. been ready. Three years ago might have been the first time you were even ready for trauma uh, therapy, I know. you know? <laughs> and so you're, I think, you know, so right. yeah, some people are like, okay, I want to do it all in one week. And it's like, ah, uh, it really just doesn't mm -mm. work that way. It's like, like um, one of my professors calls it pulling back the layers of an onion. And it's like uh, you're constantly Absolutely. pulling back more layers and pulling back more layers. And just when you think you get to the bottom, there's another layer, you know, and and that's not that, yeah. that, that should bring hope, not depression in that like, OK, we're just Absolutely. one step at a time pulling back one more thing, one more thing, because right. God knows how much we can handle. <laughs> Yeah. And there's, and that was always a surprise to me that there's more, mm -hmm. there's more to talk about. Like I would go to my therapist and for often I would tell my husband, I don't have anything to say. I don't know. I mean, I'm done, but I, I'm gone. And so I would go because I knew the truth. There was more, you know why I knew there was more because I knew I wasn't well yet. Mm -hmm. I knew that something was still in there that was keeping me from reaching my potential. But let me tell you when, when I, when I knew it was all, all gone, I, I, I mean, honestly, I can't even explain it. It's like, it's like I'm free. And, and the therapy then three years ago was, was like the icing on the cake. I mean, mm. honestly, I knew I had gotten to the bottom of my yeah, trauma. It's so, good. so as long as you're not sure, you have to keep moving forward and digging deeper. Yeah, that's so Which good. Is hard work. Yeah. Well, and I know you just sharing your story today. Like, you know, earlier you mentioned to find a good book on the trauma and things. And I, I would even suggest yours is a good book on it simply because yes. it's hearing yes, somebody else's you. story that, uh, uh, you know, went through trauma and you've, uh, you're on the other side, you know, like you're, you're that, that alone yes. brings hope to somebody. 
Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly why I wrote the book. Thank you for helping me remember that right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the, the, the secret lies, be, uh, the secret lies within is really a, a book of overcoming the trauma. And so for anyone out there, and that includes uh, any subject that we talked about, uh, abuse, sexual abuse, it talks about many things in that book. So there are about eight or nine other little snippets of other stories in there that uh, are very raw and real as well. So I'm sure that you'll find one story in my book that will, that you can relate to and glean something from but yeah it is really about overcoming trauma so uh, i would love for the women to go out there or anyone to go out and buy the secret lies within yeah yeah thank you for that yeah Mm -hmm. you're welcome i highly recommend that book in fact i don't bring anybody on my podcast whose book i don't recommend (laughs) that'd be weird so okay thank you yeah Yeah. thank you yes yeah yeah. um yeah and you know i'm actually feeling led we're kind of wrapping up our conversation here and i'm feeling led to ask you if you would mind just praying over the listeners today i don't always do this but you just really have a special anointing on this particular topic and i just feel like god might be stirring some people who are listening to maybe there's something in their life that they need to confess or they need to bring out into the light um, and no longer live in shame you know before that just like call it out so if you don't mind wrapping us up in a prayer that'd be great i would love to Thank you. Heavenly Father, we're just, we're your children. We call you Father because that's true. You are our Father. And Father, you know, in this life, you said, Jesus, that there we would have troubles and that we would have tribulations. And then you said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome them all. And because I did, because you did, Jesus, we can't do. That's our promise. So, Father, uh, for those who are listening today that are in a place of darkness, they're so stressed, so frustrated with the relationships within their family. Their children are out, lost. Their little ones are not behaving. All these things that we find ourselves in in life that are hard and stressful, Father, I pray for these women that you would give them hope and help them to know the power of their tongue. May they reach out and begin to be real, reach out and be real with a good friend, someone that they love, someone that they can trust, someone that they know, someone that that, that, that maybe has been down the path. And maybe someone that they're looking at right now and they're saying, wow, her life is so like, I would like my life to be as put together as her. Go to that lady. Go to that friend, and you know what? You'll discover, and right now I'm not in prayer mode. I'm, I'm more in, in telling, in prophet, prophetic mode, I guess. But go to that lady and tell her that, wow, your life looks so amazing. I want my life to look like yours, the overcoming, the joy. And what you're going to discover is that lady that you think has it all together will begin to open up to you. That's how this works. Begin to be real. Begin to be honest and open and transparent. Begin to humble yourself. We can never confess with pride. We will only confess when we humble ourselves as we go to each other and we say, my life is a wreck. I can barely get through the day. But I want to tell you and encourage you today to say to you that you have the kingdom of God is in you. That means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are within you. And when you know that truth and you tap into that, you begin to believe 
number one, that he is in you, that he's for you, that, wow, the power is in you. And I come against Satan right now, and I say that you're defeated by the blood of the Lamb in these women's lives. There's a, there's a number of you in particular that want to end it all. It's that dark. But if you will push through that lie, that fear, the lie that says, if I would just be able to end it all, then my family would be better off. I want to say to you, rise up, believe truth, believe truth that on the other side of this dark place, if you will push through the fear, it's like the fear is this wall of fire that you see and you can't walk through it. But I'm saying walk through the wall of fire, walk through your fear to the other side. That's called faith walk through, but it's also called determination. It's called perseverance. It's called just, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to walk through. I'm going to be bold as a lion right now. Walk through that fear on the other side, walk to somebody. Don't walk through it and fall on your knees and do this alone. <laughs> no, walk through it and walk to someone that is stronger than you, that has been there, done that, that can reach out a helping hand that will listen to you. You're not necessarily looking for answers. You're looking for someone that will listen to the cries of your heart, that you've spoken them out to Jesus for years, but now get up and speak them out to someone, a person that will listen to you. Be strong, courageous, and know that in that you will find great freedom. Father, in Jesus' name, give these women boldness. Amen. Amen. Wow. What a perfect way to end today's conversation. Before we go, do you want to tell us where people can find you online if they want to connect to you more? Yes. Just go on www.antianbyler.com. You'll find all kinds of information where I'm speaking. You'll find out about my small group experience called Stories Times Eight, which gives women a place to tell their stories. You'll be able to follow me um, wherever I go. And so and also, if you want to pick up the book, Amazon.com, of course, um, you can pick it up there. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. And obviously, those, those links will be in the show notes as well. So, Absolutely. Okay, well, and thank you so much for your time today, but also for sharing your story, for just everything that you, you shared with us today. It was just such a blessing, and I'm excited for people to listen to today's episode. Well, thank you, Rachel, for having me. It was pure joy and an honor to be on your show, just to encourage uh, all the listeners. God bless you and what you do. Thank you. Wasn't Anne's message inspiring and vulnerable? Be sure to grab a copy of her latest book, The Secret Lies Within. And check out today's show notes for all the links of where you can find Anne online. And to stay in the loop on the show and be entered to win free goodies, just text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number 44222 on your cell phone. All right, friends, that's all for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.